0: A production of Word South, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers.
1: Why is a telco working with an electric company 200 miles away? That partnership is what we're going to be exploring here on this episode of Story Connect the Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Johns, and today I'm joined by Kevin Larson, CEO and GM of CTC in Minnesota. Kevin, thanks for joining me today.
0: Thank you for the opportunity.
1: I should say we are live here recording at the NTCA Regional Conference for the North Central Region uh, here in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It's been a great conference, and if you do not attend uh, your regional conferences, you should uh, should give that some consideration because it's been a, a good group of folks here, and I'm sure the other regionals have been great uh, with some, some quality programming that NTCA has lined up. If CTC in Brainerd, Minnesota sounds familiar, uh, that's because... You're a loyal listener to the podcast, and you uh, remember back in episode 15, we had Andy Isaacson on talking about um, some of the agents, uh, the agency programs they have working with some of the other um, uh, broadband providers in the region. We may get into that a little bit, but there are a couple of other topics that I wanted to get in here with Andy's boss, Kevin Larson. So let's talk first about the partnership. Now, Arrowhead Electric is a, is a group that you're working with, and they're 200 miles from the uh, from your area, but you're you're managing broadband for them, or just tell us a little bit about the partnership.
0: Well, the partnership began. They came to us in mid 2010 after they uh, established uh, a stimulus funding from the American Recovery Act, and um, um, Arrowhead Electric serves the very northeast corner, or the Arrowhead, of the state of Minnesota. It's very rugged terrain. It's a lot of granite rock and forests and hills and and um, but. They had, they basically had limited or intermittent dial-up for internet. It was very sparse. It was very difficult uh, to get decent internet, and so um, they were re- awarded a stimulus package to hang fiber optics on their power poles. Well, in the meantime, uh, one of the vendors uh, that we used uh, had called upon them uh, to learn more about their project. And and the Arrowhead Electric has about 4,500 meters, and so they're about a 12-person or employee co-op. And they'd never been in the telecommunications business. And this uh, um, uh, friend of mine that uh, worked for the vendor, that he would called upon them, and he suggested to me after his visit up there that we should... Uh, Uh, give them a call or offer to help them with their project because they're very green getting into the telecommunications business. Sure, sure. So then we... um we, we made contact and we started visiting uh, about, you know, could CTC help them uh, with back office services, you know, providing dial tone and the Internet service itself. So after about a year, year and a half, uh, we actually concluded and signed a three-year agreement to provide dial tone and Internet To their office so they could distribute that over their new fiber optic network and of course they were still in the midst of construction it it took a long time to construct and hang the power uh the fiber on the poles um uh, just due to environment and winters and just the terrain so um we um to kind of Shorten up the story a little bit. Uh, here in May of 2015, we re-signed and we actually have a four year, another four-year agreement with them. But if you um, and they're about uh, 50% done uh, as far most of the construction is done, but we're doing conversions now. We're converting people onto the fiber network, and there's uh, close to 2,500 customers now on that fiber network, uh, growing every day and every week. And um, uh, so that's what we provide them uh, a number of services. Um, we and we don't just provide dial tone and internet to them. And, and by the way, I want to explain, they sell that to their own customers as true North Broadband. So the customer doesn't know that when they pick up the phone the um, on the North shore, they get north central, Minnesota dial tone from Brainerd. They don't know that, right?
1: And yeah. I'd like to get into the whole branding of it here in just a minute. Sure. So certainly.
0: So, but um, so, what else do we offer them? We we've offered them marketing services. We offer them uh, advertising services. We do. Uh, we help them sell to their customers and to the businesses. Uh, we provide technical support. Um, and and we've gone so far now is where, if a person, uh, a, a subscriber or a user up there picks up the phone and calls in a trouble report. It actually rings at our office. We answer at True North and then we, we provide tech support over the phone. So,
1: And this, just to explain to everybody, I don't know how familiar everyone is with Minnesota, Minnesota geography, but basically Brainerd is kind of the middle of the state.
0: It's f- halfway between Duluth and Fargo, North Dakota. So it's right in the north central part. You're right.
1: And then this Arrowhead is basically the one kind of almost triangle looking part of Minnesota that hangs out over Lake Superior. It's, I mean, it's a very. And it butts up against, it butts up against Ontario up there. Yeah. The border, the Canadian borders, right on Cook County. So imagine the difference for these folks that could only get intermittent dial up recently. You're already, geography is already in some ways against you because you're so isolated up there. But before you had, I, you know, uh, dial-up, and now you've got fiber. I mean, what a difference for those folks. And they got
0: 100 meg circuit, uh, uh, a symmetrical, 250, or even gigabit service up there.
1: Yeah. That sounds like an improvement for sure. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a, a,
0: a huge improvement to the to the me- membership of, of uh, uh, Arrowhead Electric Co-op. Yeah.
1: Now we have on this podcast a lot of telco listeners, we've also got some electric uh, as well. Um, but uh, let's talk about the branding and uh, and some of that because I think all the folks uh, do focus on marketing. So like you said, the customer, there's no sign, there's no fingerprints of it being CTC on on the connection or, or dial tone or anything, right?
0: No. and through our negotiations with arrowhead um we kind of suggested i mean they 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 wanted they knew their customer already and the customer already had a relationship so we really didn't want to confuse the customer because we know there's going to be a learning curve and just you know not having very good dial-up internet and now to have broadband and uh, wireless gigabit centers in their homes and everything that it would be confusing and it was and we asked him would you like to own the customer and he says yeah we would prefer that and he said Perfect. We'll, we'll work with you. Let you own the customer and then we'll provide the back office support for you and it'll be seamless. And it has been seamless. Um, I'd like to maybe if we could just back up one second. The only way these types of partnerships work is my philosophy is that your mission statements have to align somewhat. I mean, if your mission statement doesn't align with the other partner, you're going to have conflict. And the minute you have conflict and, 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 you know, day-to-day things, there'll be uh, problems and, you know, the relationship will have trouble or building. Well, it just so happens we're both co-ops. We both have a mission, basically, of bringing services to people that nobody else will bring to them. I mean, that's really what a co-op is all about. Co-ops form because they're not getting something, and they band together, and they develop a co-op. And so our mission statements were in alignment already, and so from the very beginning, it's always been a win-win, or sometimes you have to give, and the other partner has to give. But we know that it's for the betterment of the customer. And the member. And so that's what really built the foundation to make this thing work.
1: Certainly. Uh, and I think that's a great a great point that it's got to line
0: up like that. And, and I apologize. We got off on uh, you were asking about branding and everything else. So we we were fine with them owning the customer um, because we were looking at ways of just we have all this capacity in our equipment In the Brainerd office and so why not share that capacity and 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 then create revenues for our members for for CTC's members so it was a no-brainer for us to uh, work with them help them uh, create an identity of this true north broadband and and help they didn't have a marketing department and they didn't have a sales department well we had all of that and so uh, we were able to help them develop a brand and start marketing that
1: out there now, with, with the relationship, partnership like this, um, and you touched on it there, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but basically the customer wins because they they get service, like I said, from intermittent dial-up to, to gig if they wanted. The electric uh, is able to uh, to own that customer. Um, so I, I guess if you can just run through kind of what, um, what the win is for the telco and what the win is for the electric in terms of, of what they're getting in addition to serving folks with that, that mission statement you mentioned.
0: Well, first of all, let's start with CTC. What do we get out of it? Well, we got excess capacity that we're able to sell. So we got revenues on, t- and we're doing something that's in our wheelhouse. We are telephone and internet provider. So this is nothing new. But the relationship also stretched my staff to, to Arrowhead is our largest customer. They are by far our largest customer. So we've increased our, Abilities to respond uh, quickly and be efficient, but to take care of this large customer on a very, um, very good basis. And you're right. So, what does Arrowhead get out of it? Well, obviously, you know, when they applied for that stimulus uh, um, funding, they knew there was a need. For that, for Cook County, they were able to secure the financing, and so now they're just trying to work through. Well, how do we deliver it? Not, it's kind of like the dog chasing the car. Okay, we we caught the car. Now, what do I do with now, the car? And so we were able to get get them through that. Quite painlessly because we already knew how to do that. We're a 66-year-old co-op, a telecommunications co-op, so we could keep them from uh, running into the potholes and getting slowed up. And so um, they got more efficient deployment. Um, they got a partner that that is uh, truly a partner, believes in the same thing that they're doing. And so in the end, this that stimulus. Uh, grant is going to be a very successful one because it's delivering broadband service to
1: very remote area that needs it and wants it. Great. I think that's well said. Um, just getting into the nitty gritty, the, the, the network, the equipment was paid for by the stimulus that Arrowhead got so that they own the equipment, the, the wires on the poles, the fiber on the poles. Absolutely. They,
0: we, we, um, already were using calyx equipment and so they they had designed their network around a calyx model also so it was just like us i mean we serve about you know 14 different areas down around brainerd so this was just an extension it just happened to have an umbilical cord that was 200 miles long rather than 10 miles long and so we and our our technicians were able to go up there and install that Calix equipment in the office and help them train them uh, converting these people. You know, I'll tell you a story. One of the, so the first four or five customers, uh, they hooked up and one day one of the customers called in and says, my phone line is noisy. And of course, the people at Arrowhead goes, we've never dealt with a noisy phone line before you know right. what do we do sure. and so we 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 speeded up our education and our training up there but you know they were a power co-op you know they weren't a telecommunication so there's so many it's i i will tell you this and um, not downgrading electric uh, uh, providers but the telecommunications um, is so much more complex in delivering those services than, than delivering power. Uh, it doesn't make anyone better or worse or more important. They're both very important. But so we took away all of that uncertainty for them and the complexity. We made it simple for them.
1: Great. Well, I was going to shift gears. We had a, uh, one or two other topics to talk about here. Uh, was there anything else about the partnerships you wanted to add before before we go on?
0: I think I think that covers it. Um, if if you're thinking about doing this, um, you really need to sit down and visit. We visited for almost a year and a half before we signed that first contract. You got to get to know each other. You have. There has to be trust on both sides. There has to be a champion on both sides. Somebody that leads it. Um, And you you basically have to have the same vision or mission, um, close vision and mission statements to make this partnership work as seamlessly as we've been able to make this one work. Yep.
1: Sure, and it certainly seems seamless. That sounds like a model that a lot of folks uh, could follow. I wanted to uh, kind of pivot here on the topic because there were a few other things that you mentioned in your session. Uh, I believe uh, your session yesterday was, um, the title escapes me, but was it the... The
0: Diversification of Products and Services.
1: That's right. It was a panel discussion. And you talked a little bit about uh, kind of doubling down and and committing to marketing and sales. And I think that's something a lot of folks are are doing well or are ramping up. but since you talked about since 2004 and, and however much you'd like to share, but, um, revenues, um, did you say they have doubled since 2004, uh, for, the for the co-op and part of that is you've committed to, um, of your, uh, I think the number of employees you said, uh, has gone from 60 to 61 in that time. Yeah. So either that one employee you added is very, very busy, or there's been something else that y'all have done to, to do that. Well, um, we went into the C Leg business in
0: 2004. Uh, we were strictly an ILEC prior to that. Um, there's a couple of reasons we, it, there was an opportunity that was presented to us to, to get into the CLEC business in the brainerd baxter Nisswa area. Uh, we partnered with the school district to build fiber to connect because there was no, it was a, um, A very large incumbent that serves that area, and and uh, people were uh, companies were competing in that um, uh, community, but nobody was investing into basic infrastructure. There was no fiber going into the ground. Well, we partnered with the school district to build a a 40-mile fiber ring around the community to connect uh, some major tenants, and and from there, then uh, we took on the obligation to take care of that ring for for 25 years and in exchange we got to use half the fiber well then we started to build out in the selec well yeah we we grew from about 40 employees to 60 very quickly because of the demands of it um but um, um so and i think in 2004 i had a marketing person but i didn't have any salespeople. well it became very evident that we we needed to do sales i mean you don't you even back then he didn't build it and they just came. I mean, because we were going into a competitive environment. And so we knew that our competitors had salespeople out there pounding on doors. So we started um, changing the, not only the culture of our company, but we evolved into more of a sales company. Because the one thing that CELAC C- did to our co-op, it, it made us to be a better customer service provider. We deliver better customer service today than we did when we were just an ILEC. We respond quicker. We're more sensitive because all of a sudden, you know, in the old ILEC days, you know, the customer had to buy it from us or they didn't get it. Well, now we ventured into the CLEC business and they had three, four, five uh, companies they could choose from. So you had to be better than the rest of them. And and so it made us more efficient and it made us... um, um, work harder for the customer and work harder to keep the customer. But that comes through marketing, good, solid marketing and good, solid advertising and very, very direct advertisement. I mean, we're not like the national companies that they're constantly advertising on the radio or the TV and they're just mass advertising well that's expensive we couldn't afford to do that so we had to do target marketing so i uh, was fortunate to hire some people that had experience I, uh, a sales manager and a marketing manager and they really led the charge because of their knowledge and their skill sets to um and then their departments just grew over the last 12 years because of the need and um and of course we so we've shifted we Out of those sixty people, we used to have two or three in marketing and advertising, and now we've got thirteen out of the sixty there. But that's because we've also invested in systems or in equipment that's more efficient, and and a technician can take take care of more equipment um, by him or herself. Um, So you know, less technicians, and the fiber network that we have in our ILEC now, um, there's less trouble. We take care of more troubles over the phone than getting into a truck and driving all the time because of the fiber network. So we've we've changed the whole model of what, how, what we looked like in 2004 and what we look like today as far as what the employees do. You had to reprioritize what we do, when we do it. How often do we do it? Do we quit doing something because it's not productive anymore? I mean, we constantly uh, reevaluate ourselves. We, we developed a model years ago and, and it's basically this. Every day we try to increase revenues, find a way to increase revenues. Number two, we try to reduce and control costs every day. Every employee is, is empowered to come to us with suggestions. Where can we reduce or control costs? And third, we're always looking to do the job more efficiently. And sometimes a piece of equipment does it more efficient than human beings. So we, were, we have been able since 2012, uh, four, excuse me, to today to more than double our revenues, keep the same amount of employees, but we do things differently than we did 12 years ago.
1: Sure, and I think that the takeaway from a lot of folks uh, from that uh, that commitment to marketing and sales—I mean, that's a significant portion of your workforce. If you've got sixty employees and thirteen are in sales and marketing, how does what advice would you give to somebody who's sitting there like? Maybe not quite like you were in 2004, but but has a one or two-person marketing shop going. Imagine what I could do if I had 13 people. How did? What are some? Are there any incremental steps that they can take to get towards uh, is to have that kind of commitment um, uh, to sales and marketing? Well, um,
0: I will be the first to tell you uh, where are you located and what are your demographics and what is what is your service area look like. Uh, I grew up in a very rural North Dakota. My folks still live on a farm in North Dakota and Northern. And there's not a lot of people up there anymore because of technology. Bigger tractors, bigger equipment. We happen to live, our company happens to deliver services in an area that's two and a half hours north of Minneapolis-St. Paul. We have a lot of lakes, and we have a lot of people that have second homes, or we, and we have a lot of retirees. So we have a growth area. Now, I can name a number of co-ops in, in the state of Minnesota that don't have any growth. So if you're looking, you know, it all depends on... Um, there's no silver bullet in determining how many marketing people you should have or whatever. It's really based on what is your market? How did, what does your market look like? Get to know your market. What do you need? I mean, do, do you need people? Um, we, we even over the years have had an ILEC salesperson. Now, what does that salesperson do? Well, sometimes on trouble calls, um, they, they could use more services or whatever, but we literally, and we got new people coming in, and then we got people that are leaving. So that salesperson is always working the ILEC, and we have, we, we've stopped the line loss in our ILEC over the years, and it actually has started to come back a little bit as far as telephone lines. We know, know most people, a lot of people would like to get rid of their telephone. And of course, we're because of the rules with the uh, uh, right. universal service fund, we still have telephone lines. But we've actually started to turn turn that around. But we had we have had an ILEC salesman in place for about the last eight years, and uh, they just work the ILEC all the time. To and it's it's paid off not only to keep lines, but also to sell additional services, but now we've actually gained some lines back over the years. Not i'm not huge numbers don't you know you're not going to change the world but but just holding your own or even adding a few is better than continually losing lines and we we're one of those co-ops we're 66 year old co-op we have people out there that are very aged and we have a lot of deaths every month i mean it was brought up yesterday you know um that's a reality i mean you can't be afraid not to talk about it and uh, so we lose customers just because of age too
1: sure and i think that's a uh you know, that's, that's the reality that, that you know, it was brought up here yesterday and it's always kind of jarring, but you know, I mean, that's, that's facts of it. Was well, there anything else as we wrap up here and we ran a little bit longer than I told you that we would, I apologize for that, but I think it was good information to get into. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about, uh, any of the topics we've covered or maybe something that, that we didn't, um, before we sign off here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I, 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 would wrap up this way. Andy is like I said before,
0: um, if you're looking at expanding, uh, really do your business case study. Uh, If you're looking at partnering and don't be afraid to partner with another telco or another electric co-op or something to deliver broadband. I mean, I think um, in the rural business, we're always looking at ways to better our communities. It's, it's, it turns into economic development, quality of life. Um, uh, it just brings a lot of good things to a community. But don't be afraid to uh, partner. But make sure you sit down and you really have heart-to-heart visits about, you know, is this good for both of us? Do we both have the same vision? And do you have a champion on both sides of the table? Somebody has to lead the charge in both organizations to make a partnership work.
1: Certainly. And to find out a little bit more about the partnerships that CTC has uh, worked on, you can go back to the to the early days of the podcast, uh, episode number 15. We recorded with Andy Isaacson in Charleston, South Carolina at the NTCA conference. Uh, and Andy talked a lot about some of the, uh, the agency programs that CTC has going on where other broadband providers are selling their services and then vice versa. It's, it's a great partnership that um, we probably don't have time to get into right now. But uh, but uh, for more information on that, like I said, episode 15. So, Well, Kevin, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I appreciate your time.
0: And thank you for the opportunity, Andy. Appreciate it.
1: We are once again here. We are recording live at the NTCA North Central Regional Conference in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. We have a couple of other episodes I think I'm going to be recording here, but until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've
0: been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.